Welcome to Unearthing Truths and Provoking Movements, a podcast where we explore our roles as people navigating difficult experiences and identifying our shared passion for social justice. Hola, gente. My name is Sam Z, and I'm joined here today by Arlene Yaz, who is the Director of Youth Organizing here at Gente Organizada. Hey, everybody. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Today, I wanted to start us off with a little bit of a check-in. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with how we do things here at Gente Organizada, Arlene, <laughs> but um, I wanted to check us in with a rose, thorn, and a bud. Hi. So a rose is something that's been going good. A uh, thorn is something that's been on your mind or something that hasn't really been working out recently. And a bud is something that you're looking forward to in the future. Mm, all right. Let's see. Um a rose for me is that today is my Friday, even though it's Thursday, but it's my Friday. Um, so yeah, I know. Thank you. Round of applause for that. Um, let's see, my thorn. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't think I have any. It's been pretty like a good week, you know. Thankfully, it's been a good week. And then a bud. What did you say that was again? Something that you're looking forward to. So it could be something that you're doing on the weekend oh. or even like a vacation you might have planned. Oh, something that keeps you going. <laughs> I was like, I wish I had a vacation planned. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So a bud for me is actually I'm going to be spending this holiday season with my partner for the first time. So I'm excited. I hope their mac and cheese that they're going to bring is really good. Ooh. <laughs> so pending. Tune in for the next episode so I can hear, you know. Yeah, so the audience can know if it comes out good or not. Let's see if you bring some to your host. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, and I will. Um, okay. My rose is that I'm here recording this podcast. I don't know, it's really cool. And nice. and I'm a host, you know. Check it out, check it out. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I would say a thorn is that I've been struggling with my sleeping. Mm. I feel like I have I've been having a lot of stuff on my mind. And that always affects me when I'm laying down at night with my eyes wide open, mm-hmm. thinking about stuff. That's real. Um, and something that I'm looking forward to is probably um, not Thanksgiving itself, but just being able to spend time with family, with loved ones, with friends. And thankfully, this is one Thanksgiving that I'm able to do that with everyone. Oh, so nice. that's something that I'm looking forward to. That's beautiful. Um, okay. So... I just kind of want to give context to what we're doing with this podcast and stuff that's going that's happening in the world. And as everyone hopefully knows, like with recent events with Israel invading Palestine and indiscriminately bombing hospitals and refugee camps, we've been seeing um, a lot of local and like global activists uh, becoming more vocal in support of Palestine and calling for a ceasefire. And we've seen a lot of them either like asking for people to call their representatives, to email their representatives. We've seen them share stories and humanizing the lives of like the Palestinians, those that have been lost, and also like blocking bridges as seen in the Bay Bridge and attending po- like protests. Hell yeah. So I wanted to ask Arlene, like, how did you get started with um, organizing and, you know, working in activism? And what does that mean to you? Mm, good question. That was a lot of information. Um, but I think it can all be definitely tied together. Um, so for me, I think the first part of your question, like, you know, how did I get involved with, with organizing? I don't really particularly say that I was like, an ever really like when I first started, like, I guess taking to the streets, I didn't consider myself an organizer. 
um, because I was just out there, you know, when something happens in the world and there's this like innate need in you that speaks to humanity to go out in the streets and make your voice known for the cause that you're very passionate about and not just passionate, but like truly genuine and believe in. Um, there's like almost this like weird like calling, I would say, to like have you be present, have you be known, have you be seen and not even like yourself as an individual. But I would say like, again, for the cause. So in this instance, with all the activists that are standing um, in support of Palestinians and speaking on the Israel occupation on their land um, and also even mentioning how the U.S. is literally tied to Israel. I think this is a really important moment in like the world and in just history in general. I feel like more people not just, you know, are getting into activism, but kind of really realizing the power of their voice and even like putting their bodies out on the streets right, to demand something. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a general context. Um, and I think in relation to myself, um, I would say it started back in 2020. Yeah, back in 2020, um, when the police officers murdered George Floyd. Um, that was a moment for me that was so heartbreaking. Um, but also... I think the moment where I decided like I had enough of just like kind of being this bystander and kind of just watching things from a distance, feeling like I have no, you know, real, I would say kind of outlet. So for me, I just took to the streets. Um, that's where I felt that kind of I felt active in participating in something bigger than me. Um, yeah, I guess to answer your question, like that's for me when it started. Um, and then also even identifying, like, for me, there was also a difference in how activism then kind of transitioned into organizing. Um, the way, at least for myself, that I was, um, you know, out in the streets, it wasn't necessarily sustainable. You know, there is a lot of energy, a lot of time um, that gets put into kind of showing up for folks. And, you know, even being able to say that and do that, like, that's a huge ass privilege, right? Like, people are literally losing their lives. And, you know, what is it to us to, like, literally just go on a protest? It's really not that much compared to what's happening to folks on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, in terms of, like, the oppression that folks are dealing with. Um, and so, yeah, trying to make it short, I guess, after you're already making it long. <laughs> um, that's my answer to that question. Don't know if that answered it properly but yeah <laughs> no you're good it's it's a lot to sit with um and I remember 2020 with COVID and even activism that people were doing surrounding COVID spreading information spreading resources mm -hmm. um asking people to vaccinate or stay home like even that itself um a lot of people were doing activism with and at least um when George Floyd passed away uh, my mom wouldn't let us uh, go out to the streets and protest, even though I was 18 and I like legally could if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it, it's dangerous. Right. We were hearing a lot of um, a lot of people crashing into like the protests and arresting people and all mm -hmm. of that. But it's stuff that needs to get done. And uh, it doesn't just look like being out on the streets, too. Right. It looks like a simple social media post. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I think something I kind of want to 
um, uplift that you said is like definitely activism does have a lot of different faces and there's a lot of like different lanes too that folks could get involved in aside from just showing up in the streets um, to go about their activism. And I think that's something really important for folks to be aware about, right? Using our voice, whether again, like you mentioned, whether that's through social media, whether that's through sharing resources, you know, supporting your community, um, that's also activism. It doesn't just look like in the streets. Um, but yeah, for me, I feel like that's where my heart's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we're talking about like activism and the work that we're doing, um, I feel like something that's important to highlight right now is are like our values, right? Mm. Are there any of Hente's values that you feel guide you in your work as you're doing activism and organizing here in Pomona or in the world? Yeah, for me, I would say definitely the value of relationships and that idea of having values tied to relationships. Also, I say highlights like the humanity in one another. Um, so really valuing ourselves for who we are at our core, you know, regardless of anything, it's just like we're all human beings. So like, why wouldn't we care to, you know, help uplift and, you know, make sure that folks feel safe and seen and like literally have like basic necessities. That is definitely something that like stands out to me and that I kind of hold true to myself front and center when moving throughout this work. Yeah, I remember reading it in a Nobel um, Peace Prize like speech that um, a lot of people think that hate is the opposite of love, but indifference is the opposite of love mm, and not mm -hmm. doing or not caring about anything. Um, so I feel like that really resonates with what you just said right now as well. Yeah. The speech that I referenced was a speech by Elie Visa, who's a Romanian-born American writer, professor, political activist, Nobel laureate, and a Holocaust survivor for those of you listening in. So I wanted to continue our conversation. Um, you talked about the importance of relationships and the values that go into relationships and the humanity that needs to happen when we're organizing. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how does humanity show up when we're organizing and in our activism work? That's a beautiful question. I think our humanity in activism and organizing shows up in the everyday little things. Um, you know, for example, just being in space with folks who you may not be familiar with. And the very first thing that you say is like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, how's your day been? Checking in with them, you know, greeting them first with, again, their humanity as opposed to like, oh, wow, I see you're also here too. Like, what, what brought you here type of thing? Because I think introducing ourselves with our humanity first um, allows us to see one another and kind of be grounded in the exact same thing. Um, another way that it shows up, at least in my experience, right, um, isn't like acts such as like community care, you know, just even like how you started this podcast, like, hey, before we even jump into anything, like, you know, we're going to do Rose, Thorn and Bud, like really taking the time to like know me as a person and not just like my title. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I want to say thank you for that and also highlight how a small act like that is important and even forming community. Um, other ways too is like mutual aid, making sure folks are like fed, you know, organizing, whether that's like food drives, whether that's like, hey, the weather's getting cold, like let's organize a sweater drive or whatever it is. Um, it's really taking care of community. Um, so yeah, those are just some small ways that it shows up, I would say, um, in terms of kind of like organizing. In terms of activism, 
humanity for me at least in my perspective shows up in the way that we really use our voice and kind of choose to center um what we're truly standing up for right um and kind of taking a risks on ourselves in terms of showing up to speak up at the podium at city council or choose to speak up in a crowd of like folks who you know may not be seeing the same things that you are seeing or even like even being sort of I would say even complicit or like the feeling may feel like it's being complicit because no one's saying anything and your voice is going to be the first one to kind of interrupt something that's like on a day-to-day basis just kind of going like even for example um, what's going on with Israel and Palestine like silence can feel complicit um so someone using their voice to kind of interrupt that silence and interrupt the you know business as usual really is is powerful but also something that lives within all of us is using that voice in terms of activism um so yeah for me those are ways that our humanity shows up in the way that we care for one another and in the way that we use our voice yeah um i'm thinking a lot about like uh, community care and organizing and like how it relates to activism here in Pomona and just the fact that the like uh Pomona's population is primarily BIPOC and and the people who care about issues that are happening in Pomona are BIPOC people Mm -hmm. and if you look at the the statistics in Pomona we have a a strong low-income community and how are we expecting those people to go out there and organize and advocate when we don't have systems that are uh, that are in place to take care of them, to make sure that they're financially stable, that their housing situation is secured. So that's definitely an important aspect to to organizing here locally. True, true. Um, and I I was wondering, for you, how does activism start? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, activism for me starts honestly. I I would say the revolution is in my heart. Um, And I don't mean the revolution like the outside movement. I mean the revolution when making sure that you stay tender, that you stay open, that you stay compassionate, um, for me happens internally. So if I allow myself to give in to, you know, this world that wasn't built for us nor by us um, to take over and kind of use that to lead me, like it's not going to be true to myself. Um, So consistently, you know, like even with with capitalism, like this sense of urgency that we all live with in our day to day, um, you know, again, because of capitalism and because of how we were grown up to uh, kind of be taught even in our school settings, you know, like the whole discipline, the whole like work culture and all of this, like how do we go against that? Um, And really for me, it starts with tending to myself and my heart and making sure that I stay true to how I, I move. And oftentimes the way that I move really isn't the like status quo way um, because that's not me. I don't vibe with it. It's not comfortable. And I think that's also just the status me. quo is the problem. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying. Right. Um, but yeah, so it really starts for the activism in myself. I would say starts with 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 my heart um, and then in the ways that I choose to use my voice. Um, and again, also even recognizing that. Having the ability to choose how to use your voice is a huge privilege that we have. Um, So why not use it for like the greater good? Why not use it to spark movements, to inspire folks, you know? Um, So yeah, that's me. 
I resonate a lot with what you said about like it comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot about the book that you gave me and Brie for brown girls with sharp edges and tender hearts. Mm. Um, and I think as we're growing up, um, we experience our lives, right? And we see things and we become angry. And um, what happens when we grow up, right? Yeah. People, I mean, at least from my experience, people are telling you like that your anger is misplaced, that it's wrong. But it's not. It's not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to feel these things. You're supposed to be mad about the way that that the way that things are, the way that we grew up and why these systems are in place to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think your anger is misplaced. I mean, maybe it might be depending if it's placed towards people, but place it towards institutions, place it yeah. towards Biden right now, who's using mm-hmm. our tax money to um, fund stuff that's happening abroad that's killing innocent people. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot, too. I think that's where my activism starts as well with like this anger and constantly being told that you're feeling all of these things that you shouldn't be but Mm. that's that's wrong you should be feeling these things it's just you don't know how to you don't know how to be an activism when you're five right right or even two right like um where like having that anger I feel sometimes even for me like I've heard folks call that for me like my righteous anger what does that vessel look like and what are you putting it into um Me, before I got introduced to community, honestly, I would say the first community that I was introduced to was here at Gente, here with, like, the youth members and youth organizers that we have. Like, I didn't know that, you know, just by me going in the streets, protesting, marching, and all of that, like, I was draining myself. I was draining my energy. But for me, that's the only way that I knew how to show up. And it wasn't until community held me and community showed me literally, like, hey, you're showing up in that way but did you know that you can also write like emails to um your representatives right and a way of using your voice and I was like oh oh really and then it was too like hey maybe if you're like gonna march really far you should take some water and make sure you're you know you eat something and for me like I didn't care before you know finding my community like I really didn't like for me I let that anger lead me but while that's also a good thing I would say um it's also a really nice, gentle thing to have community who cares about you and who reminds you to care about yourself. Um, Because I know one thing for me, somebody um, who I was on the front lines with told me, hey, we want to see you at the next one. And if I let my anger just continuously take me everywhere, I was going to burn myself out. And I would maybe, who knows, like I wouldn't have been at the next one, but I was. (laughs) And that's exactly because I had a community with me. Yeah, I think that's also where activism starts, building that community too. Mm, yeah, for Building sure. or finding that community. Um, and especially one that cares for you and that's not upholding the status quo. Yeah, right. I, for sure. And I think too, like, that requires a sense of um, vulnerability. And it requires mm-hmm. a sense of us kind of just, you know what, let's take care of home first. You know, let's make sure, like, we're good, not just as individuals, but with one another. Um Because once you set that foundation and you make sure that everybody around you is solid, trust me, the force is going to be so much harder and so much stronger when we pull up together somewhere. Like, they're really going to hear us. Um, And I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Um, And it's an art for me. I I would say that's definitely an art form. Um, And everybody being willing to jump into that art. Um, But in order to jump into that art, we have to strip ourselves of what we've been taught by this world again that wasn't built for us you know and wasn't built by us so 
like let's build those worlds that we want to see and how we want it to feel. So like you like when you mentioned that book that I gave you and, and Brie, um, that book was given to me, you know, and I was like, wow, it really resonated in me giving it to y'all. So it's like pa- this it's consistent passing down or this consistent like, hey, someone introduced this goodness to me. I want to introduce this goodness to you. And I feel like that's almost too, not even almost, it is how in organizing and activism, that's how movements are made, right? And if it's not always like, hey, you know, because the world is pretty intense sometimes, we're not always shown or given that goodness. I feel that the calls of organizing and the calls of activism is really, hey, we're all here. We're all together. Let's build this goodness or you know what let's abolish what is not good and start from the ground up and I think that's really powerful yeah um so I also wanted to ask what impact do you aim to have as you're organizing with folks and as you're advocating for things Mm. (laughs) that's such a big question it almost makes you feel shy (laughs) like I almost don't want to like say because I don't like to think of myself as um having an impact um I don't know if that's like a weird thing to say but it's like my truth um but I think right when I think of impact too I think like you know let's say one day for whatever reason I'm no longer here just in general like my being is no longer here what is one thing I hope the I to leave the world with um I would say hope <laughs> As like almost corny and cheesy as that sounds, um, if I could plant one seed of hope in somebody or a few people, I think that's impact enough. And the way that folks decide to water that and grow that for themselves, that's on them. But my part to this world would just be like, yeah, I feel like hope is necessary for revolution. Yeah, I think that's powerful, especially as we're talking about impact and how sometimes we want we because of media we're taught that impact happens immediately we see a movie where Mm. people protest and next thing you know laws are changed but the reality is that it takes a lot of work and um it takes a lot of protesting and sometimes that doesn't it doesn't look like that for us right Mm so when even like thinking about impact in the work that we're doing like it's like have we even changed anything but we have and like for myself the impact that i want to leave is like the community and like yeah. the the community, the practices of like community care, like that's what I want to leave. I want people to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and that we're dismantling this system that tells you that you have to give it your all mm. and that you have to sacrifice everything that's important to you to actually change things. Right. That was deep. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, <laughs> um, so if there's someone that's out there who is listening um, and wants to get involved, specifically like here in Pomona um, in a cause that's important to them, what message do you have for them? Hmm. I think there's a lot of things in Pomona specifically um, for folks to get involved in or with. I would say um, my message to everybody or whoever is listening to this um, would pretty much be find that thing that is personal to you that you want to see a change in or that you know you're probably even hoping for the conditions to be different like I guarantee you there are folks on the ground probably already organizing around that um 
like one thing for me that comes to mind is like with housing here in Pomona, right? Like there is PUSH, Pomona United for Stable Housing, um, already doing a lot of great work helping out tenants, you know, um, know their rights. Um, for me, the way that I was introduced into um, like what was that personal thing for me? It was the school to prison pipeline. And why was that? And for me, it was because my family, specifically my dad, um, was system impacted, right? And so when the Schools Not Prisons um, campaign from Gente Organizada came to be, like, not only did it resonate with me on a personal level, but then there was a whole community of folks, too, that were impacted. And I was like, all right, those are my people. Um, so, yeah, find that one thing that is personal to you specifically. Um, then find your people, I would say. And then, you know, take the time to learn the different avenues of activism and the different faces and also, um, I would say, in that same breath, um, learn and be open to how to make your activism sustainable. I think that's really, really important and really key. Um, and lastly, just, like, take care of yourself and give it your all. Like, you know, I would say go all bark, all bite. <laughs> um because that's what it's going to take to, you know, make sure not only these systems listen to us, but at the end of the day, too, whether it's little by little, generation by generation, that we really, like, burn shit down and rebuild and have the hope to see a world that we are, you know, we want to be a part of and that we want to see and that we know exists out there. We have to believe that a better world is possible. Mm -hmm. um, the need to speak to people, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I think if we feel that something's wrong, don't be shy to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, don't be scared. I feel like that's where a lot of the work that we do stops. Yeah. Before it even starts. Um, and it can be as simple. It doesn't have to be go talk to every business in Pomona. Go talk to every nonprofit that exists and see if someone like cares about the cause. Right. But post it to your social media. Post the outrage, the anger, the frustration, the sadness that you have on social media and see who likes your post. See who likes your story um, and organize. Like, I mean, if you have the capacity, organize them. Right. I think it's that simple. It doesn't have to look like manual labor. So when you're talking about um, like look up different ways of activism and like how you can show up, do it, do it, do um, read, learn the different ways in which you can do it, because it may seem impossible only because we only know one way and yeah. what the media shows us, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And even too, like, just, just ask, right? Like ask folks around you. Like I got curious. I'm always curious to know like what organizers, like how they do that, <laughs> like how they do those things that they do. Right. Like yes. leading a protest or like making a list of demands. Like where does that come from? But again, like there are years and years of folks who have been doing this. So really looking even back at our own histories as well. Right. Um, or even again of organizers on the ground I think it's yeah it's powerful stuff well <laughs> thank you for coming in Arlene thank you for speaking your truth and you know provoking movements with us here oh yeah and that's a wrap for this episode of Unearthing Truths we hope that this has planted a semi of hope and in some way has provoked you to explore your own role in current movements.